Thomas Kuster, author of Partners for Life, The Seven Stages of Love, The Nature of Relationships, The Date Night Project, Developing Your Core Competencies, The Next Best Version of Yourself, The Quantum Shift, and Honoring Life Unfolding presents The Stages of Love, a podcast series. This episode, I'm calling Why. Why? What's the why of relationship? What's the why of your relationship or the one that you want or the one that you wish for? Why? 25 years ago, I was deeply examining this question, not just from a personal view, but a bigger picture of it all the whole of it, the design of it. That examination led me to developing, designing, and producing a seminar series that started in 1995. I called Partners for Life, and it's the backbone of all the work that I do because it's a contextual shift from the first impression of what you might hear when you hear the words partner for life, like a lifetime. This is a partner for life, as in someone for your life, someone for your aliveness, that you are with them. You have more life energy. You have a freedom to express a freedom to be yourself, a freedom to the experience of aliveness. Now that is love. Let's look at this a bit more profoundly. You're taking an individual, and we'll call that individual me, and then you're taking another individual, and we will call that individual you. You're taking me and you and making us the couple. Now consider the couple is its own entity. And if there is me over here, and I'm very concerned with me, in fact, in my head, is me, 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 all day long. And over there, there's you. And you are very concerned with your own personal me. And you are me, 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 all day long. Will two me-concerned individuals make a happy couple? Not likely, because when you're very me conscious, you're looking for what you can get out of the couple versus who you are for the couple. Now, I'm going to say that again. Consider it now. Aren't you me concerned? I know that I'm me concerned. Unless I choose moment by moment to let go of me so I can be present to others, 
You're simply looking for what you can get out of the relationship, what you can get out of the couple, making sure that your needs are met, making sure you get what you think you want versus who you are for the couple. It's kind of passive. It's not really loud. It's not being devious. It's just the fact of relationship, right? But if you want the transformed version of a couple, the partner for life version, then you want to get to the why of the relationship. Over these 25 years, I've interviewed hundreds of couples and individuals, and I've asked every single one of them, why? Why relationship? Or more simply, if they were in a relationship, why relationship with this person? And you know, very rarely do people have a clearly defined response. And not knowing the answer, by the way, not knowing why, isn't a problem until you're not willing to examine it for yourself. I want to say that again. You see, very rarely do people have a defined answer, a clearly defined response to the question why. Even single people who are looking for a mate, and I say, why do you want a mate? Very rarely can they say clearly why. And that's not a problem. It's only a problem if you're not willing to examine it. Because examining it for yourself is the access to having way more of what you want in your relationship life. Now, the answers did reveal, however, clearly defined or not, that we are all very interested in the transformed version of a relationship, that partner for life version. But you see, the best couples, the best relationships are not by luck. The best couples, the best relationships of the day are not by accident nor fate. They exist because those that are in them know why. They know why they're in them, and they have a contextual view for having them work. I am going to say that again. The best relationships of the day are not by accident nor fate. They exist, listen closely, they exist because those individuals that are in them know why. They know why they're in them, and they have a contextual view for having them work. So what do I mean they have a contextual view for having them work? What I mean is that the context for the relationship is so clear for them, it has so much meaning, you could say, why I'm in the relationship is because. That why I'm in the relationship is because, that's the context. See, some people, they're in relationship for the children. 
And you can see a lot of couples last a really long time inside of that context until when? Until the children are gone. There is a much more empowering context, which we're going to get into. But for now, I just want you to understand that there is a contextual view that we have for our relationships. And that contextual view can be for having them work, or that contextual view could be having what you want, what you think you deserve. It might even be a contextual view that you have to take care of somebody. Again, not very powerful. But for relationships that work, the contextual view that they have for having them work is in response to the why relationships. And as we get through, you will start to see your own why. See, that contextual view that they have is very inspiring. These couples, they inspire the people around them and they enjoy happier lives and happier families. When you get to your why, your own personal why, you can expect these things to happen. One, if you're single and looking, you'll be more naturally attracted to somebody who's the best fit for you. Two, if you're already coupled, already in a relationship, then each of you uncovering your own why will serve to develop a foundation for growth and opportunity with way more life, way more energy, and way more love. Why relationship? If you're in a couple, I don't want you to answer this question with your partner in mind. If you're single, no problem. You'll just be answering the question. Why relationship? Just consider it. Why? Now, some people that I've interviewed and I ask them why, here's some of the things that they say. Well, I want somebody who can make me feel special. I hope that I can find or get that in a relationship. Then others might say, I don't want to be alone. I'm lonely and I don't want to be lonely anymore. I have some that want to start a family. They want to have children. Others say, if I just have loyalty and somebody who's trustworthy, that's enough for me. Then I have some who say, gosh, I just want to feel safe. I just want to feel secure. That's why. One other told me that they feel empty. They think that if they find somebody, that somebody might feel that emptiness for them. And then lastly, I have people, many people who say, I want to be taken care of emotionally, financially, sexually. Every single one of these responses are valid answers to the question, why? I mean, why would you be in a relationship if you don't feel loved or cherished or if you don't feel like you're special, you're safe, you're secure? I mean, what's the point? 
when you consider the view from a Partners for Life version of a relationship, the transformed version of a couple, and by the way, there are many transformed individuals in the world, and even the many transformed individuals in the world fail to contextualize the relationship from this point of view. If you're going for an authentic companionship, an authentic partnership, an authentic relationship, an authentic couple, that companionship will naturally cause a particular friction. And that friction will either generate an opportunity for you to know yourself more, the opportunity to expand and the opportunity to heal the emotional bruises accumulated along the way of life. When I talk about friction, what do I mean? I think every one of you have some kind of idea. In any relationship, you'll find it. Even in a mother-daughter relationship, a father-son relationship, father-daughter, mother-son, every relationship will have a particular friction that gets generated. So let's think about that. You see, you're in relationship with another human being and guess what? That human being is not you. So therefore, they have different ideas, different thoughts, different opinions. And when those different ideas, different thoughts and different opinions rise up and compete with your thoughts, your ideas and your opinions, that's friction. For some people, that friction might look like arguments. For other couples, it might look like a way to shut down and just not express themselves. But in an authentic companionship, in a transformed view of a relationship, we say that friction is healthy that that friction can be included when you know why you're in that relationship. Then getting to the real why will have the friction be welcomed, included, and utilized. That friction will give you an opportunity to expand and grow so how do you get to your why? Well, I have for you a systematic approach. We're gonna make a list. And this list is called your conditions of satisfaction. It's simply a list of everything you think you might want in another human being that's gonna be your partner conditions of satisfaction. And the list can be as long as you want it to be. It could be 10, 15, 20. Listen, some people have way longer lists. I have a friend, her list was about 60 items. And I'm gonna recommend that everybody listening to this podcast, start your own list of conditions of satisfaction. I encourage you to take on this project. 
I recommend that you try to get at least 10, but allow yourself to continue on and get as many as you want. I don't want you to get stopped in any way. The cool thing about this list, whether you're in a relationship or not, some have higher priority to you than others. Let those rise to the top. In a moment, I'm going to share my list with you that it might help you get started. The whole purpose, though, of having your conditions of satisfaction spelled out is that it will be very easy for you to answer the question, why? And if you're not already in a couple, having that, question answered will have you more clear about what would be a fit for you. If you're in a couple, knowing why will allow you to raise the standard of your relationship to a higher level, one that can contribute more peace, more harmony, more of those things that are really important to you. So here's my list. And you can scribble things down as I'm speaking, but I am going to give you a minute as soon as I'm done with my list that you can scribble down anything that you see. Number one, I want someone who's my height, who's tight and lean. By the way, you can have physical conditions of satisfaction. Number two, I want someone who regards quality of life as of the utmost importance. Number three, I want somebody who's peaceful, harmonious, and adventurous. Number four, I want someone who's healthy and vital. Number five, I want someone who holds transformation in high regard. Number six, I want someone who's focused on learning and growing. Number seven, I want someone who is financially stable on their own. Number eight, I want somebody who has children because I'm family oriented and I don't have children of my own. Number nine, I want someone who loves to travel with me. Number 10, I want someone who's social enough and enjoys socializing with me. Number 11, I want someone I enjoy having sex with who enjoys having sex with me. Number 12, I want someone who enjoys and works towards a pristine home. Number 13, I want someone who's independent, that he loves to be with me, but he's perfectly content on his own, doing his own thing, having his own space, and honoring mine. Number 14, I want someone who honors my family, who they are for me, and who they are for us. Number 15, I want someone who respects my work, my career, 
and my hobbies. Not at the expense of his own, but you see, I keep myself very busy and I want someone who isn't going to try and change that about me. That's my list. There's 15 of them. There are some on my list that didn't make the top 15. Your list could go on and on too, but after you make it, you're gonna go back through and see what rises to the top so that you can say, yes, these are my conditions of satisfaction. Ideally, what we're going to do is give you the opportunity to make the list. And then on your own, you're going to see which ones are the top four or five that are most important. And we'll talk about those in a moment, but for now, I'm gonna give you that minute that I promised so that you have the opportunity to start your own list. I'm gonna give you a minute. Please begin now. You have 30 more seconds. Five more seconds. And that's a minute. Please stop. You might pause the podcast and jot some more and spend more time on it. I recommend it. If you got yourself going, do that. Now, listen, you may already have a partner or you might actually attract a partner that will fulfill everything on your list. But that is not very likely. It is more likely that there will be varying degrees of fulfillment throughout your list. So when you take a look, see if you can find those four or five that matter most to you. It'd be great if you could do that right now, but we only have a limited amount of time. You can be thinking about it or you can pause and look. Here's the thing about those top four or five. If those got fulfilled, the most important ones to you, if those got fulfilled most of the time, then you could develop, listen closely, you could develop a high tolerance for compromise in the rest of your list. And if you got that top four or five fulfilled most of the time, you'd be happy. You'd be satisfied. And the friction within the couple would be sufficient to cause growth and expansion for the couple and for the individuals that make up the couple, so much so 
that other items on the list will start to get fulfilled more often. You'll know why, and you'll have the why of it. I'm in relationship, why? So let's talk for a moment about developing a high tolerance for compromise. Some people compromise in the relationship because they're trying to be nice. For a long-term relationship, that's rarely sufficient. Everybody's got to win. When it comes to being in love, when it comes to building a partnership over time, everybody's got to win. So if you have the top four or five conditions of satisfaction fulfilled most of the time, then your compromise is no longer a sacrifice. It becomes natural, kind of automatic. There comes a time when you don't even think about it very much, especially when those other ones on the list get fulfilled every now and then. You appreciate it. That's what I mean when I say develop a high tolerance for compromise. I'm very fortunate in that many items on my list are fulfilled most of the time. And that does make me really happy in my marriage. But maybe that's not how it is for you. Maybe you've made your list and you've looked at it and you've noticed, wow, my partner doesn't fulfill anything on my list. Well then, that would lead you to some very serious questions. Perhaps there is something you're getting out of the relationship that at some level you want. And it may not be a very powerful thing when you sit down and examine it. Only you can answer that question. And only after you're willing to examine. At the very least, knowing your why will help you to have the kind of conversation necessary to move forward within or without the couple. So as I close, something I want to leave you with. I really do believe in true love. I believe in love being expressed, love being experienced, and love being expanded wherever we are. And that is why the stages of love exist. Feel free to email me directly at thestagesoflove at gmail.com. This is Thomas Kuster. Thank you for listening.